Amen. It's our pleasure to have Maddie. Is that Show or Shaw? Anyway, it's good to have her with us today. Amen. We appreciate her being here uh, as a guest today. All right. Second Samuel chapter number one and verse number seventeen. Verse number seventeen. And David lamented with his with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. He bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasar. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. And how are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in streets of Ascalon. Lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast down, and the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain and from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, and they were stronger than lions. You daughters of Israel, weep over Saul who clothed you, you in scarlet with other delights, who put an ornament of gold upon your apparel. Here's a the thought for this morning. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thy places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love was to me was wonderful, passing the love of woman. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of the war perished? With the help of God on this Memorial Day Sunday, we'd like to preach on remembering the mighty. Remembering the mighty. Let's ask Brother Joey if he would lead to a throne of grace. Amen. You can be seated. Romans 13, 7 says, Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. Psalmist said in Psalms 145, 4, One generation shall praise the works of another and shall declare thy mighty acts. We've come today to celebrate Memorial Day. May I remind you it's more than just a three-day holiday. Those of an older generation appreciate the significance and the meaning of this day. Tragically, many of the younger generation have no understanding 
of what this day truly, truly means. To many, it's just a days off from work and days we can go to the beach or go to the mountains or go wherever we're going. Originally, it was called Decoration Day because there they decorated the graves of those who died in the Civil War. After World War I, it was expanded to those who had died in any military war, any military action. And I believe the great truth of this day reminds us something that I fear, and oh Lord, I fear it, fear it more every day, that, we, that we'll lose it before we appreciate it. And that is fear is not free. We enjoy great freedoms in our nation still yet. And I know it's in a mess. I, I know it's got a lot of problems. And I know it's got a lot of issues. But I'd just like to report to you, it's still the greatest nation in the world to live. Amen. Amen. Only to you get in foreign countries and you see their domination and, and uh, uh, the way they do things. And may I say, I'm glad to be American. I'm glad to have the freedoms that I have. And to be honest with you, those who don't want it, go to a foreign country and live. Amen. And so we enjoy freedom this morning. But freedom was given to us by great price and by a great sacrifice. And that's what this day is. It's a day to remember those who gave their life to serving our country. It's remembered to recognize and to pray for every man and woman who died serving and to be reminded there's still soldiers today while we're here enjoying the things of God, a time with God, in the house of God, with our families. They're still fighting to preserve our freedom. Render therefore all their dues. Tribute to tribute is, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So the Bible says we ought to honor them, and we do. The word honor means to see the value of, to lift up, to dignify, to make precious, to realize the price that was paid. Many people feel as I do myself that we're in danger of throwing this great freedom in America away. And yet, in the story we hear, David, he comes to a place in his life where that precious, precious friend has died on a battlefield. And David had purposed in his heart that he didn't want to let Jonathan and Saul. Even Saul had become his enemy to David. Saul was never an enemy. Saul was considered God's anointed. And I'm not going to touch him. And so David's heart broke for Saul. And as his dear friend stood dying on the battlefield. I love this. He even makes it a point to say, Jonathan wasn't a coward. 
from the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. He said, these men weren't cowards. Bless God, they didn't quit. They went, when, when, they, when the call came, they went. They didn't quit. And they're not cowards. So David was so moved by Jonathan's death that he said, we all remember the mighty. He said, the mighty have fallen today. He said, we need to remember them. And today, that's what we need to do. We need to remember the mighty men and women that have fallen on the battlefield so you and I can have the freedoms we have today. Someone has said America became a great nation because God's hand was with her from the beginning and because of the thousands that sacrificed their lives for the liberty we inherited today. However, we're living in a generation that has not only forgotten where it's come from, but has forgotten how it got there and has no idea where they're going. That was a fear, believe it or not, of our forefathers. November the 19th, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln spoke these words at his Gettysburg Address. We cannot dictate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and dead who struggled there here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. They gave the last measure of devotion that we hear how highly resolved that these dead shall not have died in vain. When you see the American flag flying, I hope you're reminded not just for what it stands for, but for what it caused. And I say amen and amen. So here today, if no one else will, may we, may we remember the mighty. First of all, let me say, may we remember the call of duty. The call of duty. Second Samuel 1, 22, the Bible says, And the blood of the slain from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives and in their deaths. They were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. John fifteen thirteen, Greater love hath no man than this, then a man laid down his life for his friends. These words simply share with us a sense of duty. Oh God, oh dear God, how we need a revival of just doing our duty. Oh, how we need a revival. 
of just doing our duty. It's a calling. For fathers, it's a duty to lead your family to God. To mothers, it's a duty to be the heart of that home. For, for children, it's your duty to obey. Oh, we, we, we so moved today in, in our feelings and, and, uh, uh, the, the petty things and that mean nothing. And, and yet we're, we make life changing decisions over our feelings. And in the process, we're throwing away our duty to just do right. Soldiers in wars and past wars didn't, didn't sign up. They didn't say, boy, whoo, I get to go to war. No, they didn't like it. Most went in tears, but they went because it was their duty to go. They just filled their duty. I love old Dr. Ed Ballou talks about in boot camp and he's getting ready for war. And I believe he's in the Korean War. And they're training him to shoot. And they didn't have enough guns. So they give about five or six of them at the end of the line uh, wooden guns. And they told him, said, now, whenever I tell you to shoot, you are a bang. He said they went through the whole drill and he said, the sergeant said, now boys, shoot. And they all heard, bang. And they started laughing. And the sergeant come over there and he said, gentlemen, it may be funny now, but it won't be funny when they're shooting back. It won't be funny when they're shooting back. He said, fellas, feel your duty. Feel your duty. One of the things and one of the most devastating things, we have freedom. We got, we, we can do what we want to do. I mean, let's be honest. We can do just about anything we want to do. Our nation allows us, if it's not illegal, we can still just about Go where we want to go and do what we want to do. And may I say the liberal passive that says, I'm not for war, I just love everybody, doesn't understand that the blood of soldiers has given them the liberty to have that opinion. When they lose that liberty, they'll realize they'll lose the liberty to be liberal and passive and all that stuff. Well, I'm, I'm for loving people, but bless God, we go to war. I'm for fighting for my freedom, for the freedom of my family. Peter Mullenberg, a, a pastor of Woodstock Lutheran Church, after preaching a sermon, he threw back his clerical robe, and underneath it he had a, a revolutionary officer's attire. He said, there's a time to preach, there's a time to pray. There's a time to love. But bless God, now's a time to fight. He went off to war. See, we need to realize something. This liberal reprobate crowd has not given us the freedom. It's a bunch of men and women that stepped up to do their duty. May I say this? That goes for the Christian soldier as well.
The Christian soldiers are dying by the thousands. We're burying quickly an older generation. And, and before long, a senior generation will slip on out of here to heaven. And more I fear, I fear for the next generation that doesn't have a sense of duty. They sell out God, they'll, they'll walk, they'll just, they don't have a sense of duty. It's a calling. Boy, this sense of duty, it's courage. Boy, it takes courage. Someone has said it so very well. Must one point out that from ancient times, a decline in courage has been considered the beginning of the end. On one, uh, on the hallowed grounds of Gettysburg, they, they had the color bears or flag bears, if you will. They have a statue. And this is what it says. During this pivotal civil war, his regiment was in full retreat, but he stubbornly held his ground. The message was sent to the major. Bring the colors back to the regiment. He replied, bring the regiment up to the colors. I love that. Might over the French, the French Foreign League. If I falter, push me on. If I stumble, pick me up. If I retreat, shoot me. Boy, I'd be good for Christian soldiers. If I falter, pick me, push me on. If I stumble, pick me up. But if I retreat, quit. I am say you're shooting at somebody, but. What it says, you get the idea. It's call of duty. It's a call of duty. May I say, just like the soldiers of our land today, when they serve, it's a call to duty. And when the call comes, I love when I used to work with a young man, and he went and joined them. I believe he joined the Marines, and he told them, he said, um, uh, he was a clerk, and Done all that kind of stuff. He said, I joined the Marines. If you'll let me work in a position of a clerk or that kind of affairs. And they said, yes. The only orders he ever typed up was his own to go to Vietnam. After boot camp, they put him right in the war. I said, what did you do? He said, I filled my duty. I filled my duty. Oh my, I say here, dear Christian, it's hard sometimes just to do your duty. It's difficult sometimes just to do your duty. But sometimes we got to just do our duty. Ain't got much feeling to it. Ain't got much shout to it. But it sure makes a good Christian and a good soldier that when you're gone, you'll be remembered and honored for a great Christian soldier who died on God's battlefield. May I say, it's a remember the call of duty. May we say, remember the cause to defend. I love this. And every Christian here, and I, I would like your attention now. If you would, give me your utmost attention. Second Samuel 1 Samuel 1.20, here's what he said. Tell it not in God. Pumps you not in the streets of Ascalon. 
Let not the daughters of the Philistines rejoice. That's the daughters of the circumcised tribe. You know what David was telling? Don't tell the devil's crowd. Don't tell the devil's crowd. He said, don't, 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 don't be running your mouth. Don't, don't tell him the devil's crowd. I love that. He said, don't tell the enemy. He said, Saul and Jonathan have died on the battlefield. Be said, for God's sakes, don't run and tell the enemy. Don't run and tell the enemy. You know, son, the devil wouldn't know near as much about you if you quit talking about him. Amen. I don't, I'm not on think. He even reads our minds. Only God knows what's in the heart. He knows about what, how bad we got in, how poor mountain we got in. Oh, I did this, I mean, God just killing me. How bad. He knows all that. He just beat you to death because you tell him. I love this. I said, used to say this all the time down here in the little church. Bless God, we only meet here. And if we have a knockdown, drag out, and walk out of the door, bloody nose and black eyes, go tell tell the world, boy, it's a good service in here this morning. What'd you do? Well, we just we just uh, serving God and wipe the blood gone. We're we're we are we are at times Satan's greatest friend. All because you know it's amazing. I said this earlier. We, he said, don't tell it. I love this. On the monument of Governor William Bradford, Plymouth Colony, what our fathers were so much difficulty secured, do not basely relinquish. Oh, we, many times we, 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 we just, we're, we talk too much about things that don't matter. Oh, I'm amazed at that. I'm amazed at that. Lord. And what it does, that's cause to the thin. One day, little shepherd boy, he gets some, some food together to go see his brothers in a battle. And he gets up there and there's a giant cussing his God. He's a giant, send me a champion. Hey, bunch of cowards, get, send me somebody to fight with me. About that time, his brother come up and said, who, who, who think that little bunch of sheep you've got? What are you doing here anyway? You're just trying to make stage. And what, what are you doing here? And I love this words David said. Is there not a cause? And he went on about the business of destroying the giant. You know what he's just saying? Is there not a cause? To defend. See, we need to realize this. When we, we as a nation, may I say this, I, I've said without any apology, they'll put every individual that says something negative about our country in prison. And shut their mouth! Because they are, it, we don't have to worry about the enemy, the media tells the enemy what we're going to do. And then you get mad and blow up over something they can't control. I will tell you something. We, he said, publish it not as a cause to defend. That's a cause to preservation of freedom. 
democracy, limited government, free speech, religious freedom. Stalin took this away from Russia, declaring in May 1st of 1937, there must not remain in the territory of the Soviet Russia a single house of prayer. The very concept of God will be banished from the boundaries of Russia. That's what he said. Samuel Adams turned and said this, The liberties of our country are worth defending at all hazards, and it is our duty to defend them against all enemies. We have received them as far as fair inheritance from our worthy ancestors who purchased them for us with toil and danger. Moses said, Let my people go. God gave them a day of jubilee. They would proclaim liberty throughout all the land and the inhabitants. See, we need this cause to defend. And we lose that cause. We may not get it back. We may not get it back. When we had the brother uh, Wallace here, and he was talking about these Muslim countries, and they can't get in. And because if they do, they'll get into the thread of life. May God, may we, may we realize there's a cause to the thin. Liberty Bell, America's Liberty Bell has this inscribed on it. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse, your teeming shore. Send those, the homeless, a tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. We need, we need to realize there's a cause to defend, to preservation of freedom. Number two, a progression of faith. Proverbs 14 says, Righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Abraham Lincoln said, We have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserve us Peace and enrich and strengthen us. And we have vainly imagined that all things were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Now, don't you listen to this next statement. Abraham Lincoln said this in the 1800s. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, and too proud to the God who made us. And I say amen. But then there's something else that needs to be a cause to defend. That's the protection of the family. Number one on the endangered list is the family. And it's on the endangered list. There is an all-out effort made today to destroy God-given marriage between one man and one woman and a unit called the home. There's an all-out effort. It is, it is your and my greatest enemy to attack. It's only going to get worse. Nehemiah said, I looked and rose up and said to the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be you not afraid of them. Remember the Lord 
which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. He said, you better fight for that family. Now, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know. I, it's going to be hard, if not impossible, for a family to survive without putting God in the center of it. We've got to have Him. Herbert Hoover said, My country owes me nothing. It gave me, as it gives every boy and girl a chance, it gives me schooling, independence, independence of action, and opportunity for service and honor. In no other land could a boy from a country village without inheritance and influential friends look forward with unbounded hope. It's a call of duty. There's a cause to defend. I often think about this. I don't know how long God's going to give me. If it gives me my allotment, I've got 11 years. Don't tell nobody, but when it get close, I'm going to ask him for 10 more. Yeah, don't, we don't tell him though. I'm going to ask him, give me 10 more. I don't know how long I got. But I've often wondered, often wondered, will... The children here, the grandchildren here, if I lived another 25 years, if somebody drive by the church and I look and grass has grown up around it. I look inside doors and cobwebs and maybe 10 or 15 people. And I say, what happened? Why ain't they having church? The parking lot used to be full and the buses used to run. Why? Why is it that way now? Well, somebody forgot to remember the call of duty and a cause to defend. And they forgot the third one, a commitment to display. David said, the beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. And how are the mighty fallen? He said, how are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle? O Jonathan, thou was slain in the high places. He said, they, they were committed. They didn't quit. They made a commitment. And if there's anything today, this church, every church that I know of, every husband and every wife, and our young people and everybody I, that I know that, that, serve, that makes an effort to serve God, there's nothing greater than you can do is to be committed. Be committed. He's faithful in difficulty. I don't want to belabor the point. But I said this earlier. And I would have never told him this. I would have never. But there's no greater place than that young man could be with his son and his wife than on that church pew right now. Because when they told me Immediately I went and said, God, would you do something special for him today? Would you give him something that 
that you're not going to give another rest of us because we don't need it right now, but He needs your grace. He needs to know that a father's went to heaven, but would you be His father now? He could have got that. Had he decided, well, it's not important. Well, another pleasure trip, another this, another that. It's, it's, that's what's important. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? So many cases, we need God so much. And yet He's the first one we throw away. I'm amazed at that. I, I scratch my head with that. He's faithful in difficulty. General John J. Parrish, chief of the armies in World War I, in a message to his men, had inserted over his words, the uh, signature of these words, Hardship will be your lot, but trusting God will give you comfort. Temptation shall befall you, but the teaching of our Savior will give you strength. Let your valor as a soldier and your conduct as a man be an inspiration to your comrades and, and an honor to your country. Boy, that could be, that could be said. A serving God, could it not? The inscription on a Plymouth Rock monument should challenge every American of any generation. This spot marks the final resting place of the pilgrims of Mayflower. In weariness and hunger and cold, fighting the wilderness and burying their dead in common graves that the Indians should not know how many perished. They here lay the foundations of a state in which all men of, for countless ages shall have liberty to worship God in their own way. All you pass by and see this stone, remember and dedicate yourselves anew and afresh to a resolution that you will not rest until this lofty ideal should I realize throughout the earth. They're faithful in difficulty, and they were faithful in death. That's why we're here today. In 1868, General Logan designated the 30th day of, Mar- of May to honor the day of the Civil War and called it Decoration Day. Now we honor deceased veterans. And on the same day, every May, we have, we have, who have served Uncle Sam in any war, we call it Memorial Day. We scatter flowers on the waters for those who died at sea. Only God knows the resting place. We will not know to eternity. For those whom we bury, we place a flag with a marker to show where a hero is rested, who fought for me and you. Honor these men by remembering but then we honor them also by men, men and women that will pick up the torch and carry it on for our generation. My grandfather, great-grandfather was a free will Baptist preacher. He was Charlie Stein's. He was a very short man. He was shorter than I am. Probably wasn't five foot tall. I love this. He was faithful to the end. When he died, somebody had to pick up that torch. My grandfather went to every Sunday, was faithful to the house of God. Then my daddy was faithful to the 
house of God till the day. Now it's my turn to pick up that torch and carry it on. It's a call to duty. It's a call. It's a call to to defend. But then it's a commitment to display. I want my children, I want my grandsons to say like David said one day, boy, a faithful man is fallen today. I want them to say, best he could do, he lived for God, has fallen today. Because you'll be remembered for something. You'll be remembered for something. Be remembered for your character, for who you are. And may I say, may we remember there's a commitment that we must display. I don't know about you, but I was encouraged by his commitment today. I was encouraged. Boy, sometimes people, why why, why does so-and-so, why does so-and-so? Shut up! Why don't you talk about who's here? Wednesday night is storming. And, and, I, and I knew some wouldn't be here, and it was storming, and raining, cold. Coming down the hill was a young mother carrying one, carrying one in one arm, carrying one in another arm, and another dragging along beside of her. I thought, boy, I ain't going to whine about who ain't here. I'm going to have a shout fit about that. Boy, she can do that. I'm, I'm blessed God. I praise God. See, we need to realize something. There's commitment to display. And so, Dave, may we remember the fallen. May we remember the fallen. May we remember the mighty. And may we become the mighty for God ourselves. Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed.